Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah, you don't meet too many folks that are like, yeah, that's my number one dove dog right there. <laughs> it's That's my duck dog, you know. That's my upland dog or whatever. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up? You train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use a discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. And welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. Me and Adam are here to talk dove hunting this week. Adam, how's it going? Good. Uh, and today is the second day of wood duck season in Tennessee. We had a training day yesterday, and when we're done with this, we're going duck hunting, man. Yeah, we're going to go give the uh, old flooded timber a shot, see what uh, is flying around here. We have no idea. If I had to bet, nothing's flying out there. But You don't I, know till you go. And I've seen a couple small groups of teal over, over the past couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, we're going to just – it's really just a scouting trip with a gun, ultimately. Which dog we bring? I didn't bring my dog at all, so I'm gonna, you're gonna, not bringing both, right? No, no. We're going to take, uh, take Rachel. Okay. Lucy had some fun on birds this morning, so it's Rachel's turn. And Nice. So we'll let Lucy stay here and bug the crap out of Pam because they saw the camo and gun come out, so both of them are kind of up my butt right now wanting to yep. go. So any, mini miny mo, Rachel gets to go. <laughs> nice. Well, you're getting the benefit. You and the dogs are getting the benefit of the new property with getting ready to go duck hunting in a few minutes. Got to do some birds this morning. Yep. That's awesome, man. 
Got to do a lot of work in between that as well, still clearing out barns. And like I told you, when you buy a property that has a barn, get it in writing that they have to clean it out before you buy it. Or you'll have to <laughs> rent a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, so so I now know. But I, we, we knew that I was going to get a lot of junk in the in the barn before uh, we moved here. But, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot more than what I thought. I've been doing that all week pretty much yeah so (laughs) that's kept you pretty busy oh yeah and then that with training day yesterday and we had a work day out there and getting ready for your big old test coming up here in a few weeks how you feeling about that uh you know one day i'm feeling great i'm like man i got this this is no problem just need to keep things polished and then the next day i'll have a horrible day of training (laughs) uh you know yesterday was just it was awful and I, I always try to figure out what could be contributing to it so anyways uh well, that's his dog training man one step forward two steps back go up down well, hopefully around. two forward and one back but at this point <laughs> yeah but hey either way no matter what however the test goes here in a few weeks right after that we're going to be hunting yep so either way you know we we still get to go have fun immediately afterwards so we either go lick your wounds or yeah just continue or to celebrate yeah or celebrate so either way it'll be fun yeah it will and you know i can tell you this it could be anywhere from a maximum score to a no prize <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've seen it from him on everything yes yeah it, it like you said maximum or no prize it's yep. like it just depends on the day with him but depends on the day but in all fairness the the days that he he doesn't really live up to his potential or where we know he's at it's uh it's been extremely hot and humid and you know i know that you're sick of everybody making excuses but you know it is what it is when we run at three o'clock in the afternoon after a rain shower and it's yeah 90 something degrees outside so you know, we'll, we'll see where he's at on test day. Any dog can show up on test day and anything yeah. can happen. So Yeah, and the, the good days are outweighing the bad by far. So I'm confident, but there's still that little bit of nervousness, <laughs> healthy nervousness in there. It still is, you know, getting me out to, I mean, like today, if I wasn't concerned about it, I wouldn't have, you know, run my dog just for exercise today. So it is encouraging me to, to keep training my dog. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I actually spoke to uh, Corey and Eric from Bluegrass Uplanders yesterday. They, yeah. They just ran their first NAVDA test yesterday. They both, oh, really? They both did their NA tests. And, awesome. And, you know, they prized. They they did good. They didn't do uh, what they were hoping for. But, you know, sure. they, they said that they agreed really with the assessment of the judges. And we had a nice long talk. And then, then they threw out the gauntlet, said, you know, we, we ran the NAVDA. Now, y'all got to come run the UFTA. So, we got to go get our butts kicked. Oh, yeah. Now. I'll come down there and do that. I mean... <laughs> Why not? You know, I'm going to be like the one guy there that has a, a dog that's steady and like probably enforces the steadiness, <laughs> well, but I, I don't care. I told them we're going to, we're going to try and do it, uh, at their November trial. They're yeah. still trying to set dates. So obviously we're, we're going to see if we can make it work, but I'm excited. I told fun. them it's something different. Haven't done it before. Uh, even if we get our butts kicked, you know, it's just part of the fun. It's part of the journey. Let's go, let's go rock it out. Go find see. something else out. I was going to say we should maybe hit record and let them talk about their, their first testing experience sometime but we do a lot of navda stuff and that's that's what we do that's what we like so it'll be good to go do a ufta event just for the sake of learning something different and and we we are trying to branch out and get into other topics but yeah i mean around here it's it's really on a consistent basis navda is really the only game that we have available to us we have you have the occasional akc stuff uh here and there i know that they have a test coming up uh next month that 
that maybe we can try and hit up or something at least help out we'll we'll see as far as timing but we are trying to branch out and test out different areas to to provide a variety but you know hey the people love the NAVDA stuff so far so uh but we're we we are trying to branch out a little bit yeah i gotta tell you man i'm ready to uh hit play on this dove episode for everyone so we can get to the swamp and uh, maybe swat a few wood ducks all right well real quick that you gotta answer your life advice question real uh, quick for see, everybody I almost before you get my to way the out line. of that all right go ahead <laughs> this should be pretty simple uh we get this question all the time but somebody's you know said uh hey ask adam for life advice uh what's the best way to find quality and consistent bird breeders and bird contacts for training birds I've gotten that question quite a few times uh, from someone writing in and, you know, you'll forward that to me or uh, just a, a phone call from someone and they'll be like, hey, I'm out in California. Do you know where I can find some birds? And, you know, I don't know where you can find birds in California, but I can tell you that I usually start by looking on Craigslist. I'll look on Facebook Marketplace. I'll talk to game preserves and figure out um, where they're getting their birds from, or a lot of them will raise the birds on their own. And some of those folks will work out a deal with you where you can buy birds for off preserve use. So that's an option. Obviously the pigeon thing's an option. We did a whole episode about that. Um, you know, I have a, a pigeon trap that's, uh, under a bridge. It got washed away today. We had a big rain, so I no longer have a pigeon trap, but those are all options. Um, I mean, Nick, you were just telling me today you went to a flea market or something down here and, and found a guy selling birds. Yeah, I was running to get uh, Pam some breakfast, and I passed, I, I guess it's you know small-town country flea market or something. I saw a guy with a bunch of cages out there with, with ducks and chickens and all that, and I'm like, hey, bird contact. Let's go see if he's got ducks there. Let's see if he's got some quail or something. And he didn't, but his neighbor raises quail. And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, it's like – You've had luck at flea markets. I've had luck at flea markets and everything. And it's just, it's really just a matter of getting out and networking and, and asking. You know, I saw a guy w- selling chickens and ducks on the side of the road. You pull over and ask. And these bird breeders, they, they flock together. And they, if, they they don't, do. if they don't raise a certain bird, then they know who does. And you can definitely hit them up. And, and uh, yeah, so he doesn't sell quail, but his neighbor does. So I'm going to be buying yep. ducks from him and trying to get quail from his neighbor at some point. So now I have a bird contact down here. And that's what I tell everybody. It's just networking. And it's funny you bring up pigeons because, uh, you know, we just moved from the other house. Mm-hmm. And they hit us up on Facebook and said, hey, y'all got a lot of mail here if y'all want to come pick it up. So Pam went over there yesterday after work to pick it up. And she walks back there, and he's got three giant pigeon coops in the backyard. Nice. And he was just like, hey, get, give Nick uh, my number so that maybe we can go quail hunting or something sometime. And I'm like, hey, there's a contact right there. So there we go. if you don't find the pigeon guys under the bridge <laughs> and I don't sell stuff to the pigeon guys, like – We'll have pigeon contacts at some point. That's right. But yeah. it's just networking, asking around. You know, it's not something that you can just look up Amazon. But uh, you also right. have zgamebirds.com online. I haven't personally used it, but I've heard good things. So uh, just ask around and be vigilant and, you know, offer to help clean some coops or something. Keep a good relationship and, and buy from them. And, and be willing to drive. I mean, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've driven – 45 minutes to pick up birds to drive 45 minutes to train to yep. drive an hour home mm-hmm. so 
yeah there it's usually not going to be extremely convenient yeah unless so, you're unless you're down here at the swamp house in mcminnville yeah. <laughs> and i see what you just did there i didn't even pick up on it you brought me in on the life advice with adam nobody came here for my opinion they came here for your opinion <laughs> but whatever i'll let it slide uh but it's yeah, a let's, special skill i have you're yeah. welcome <laughs> so let's go ahead and get to the dove episode nothing special you're not gonna go learn how to kill a hundred dove in, in a weekend or anything by listening to this but we thought it was a good time and just to talk about fun little dove hunting on the side that we do and uh, the benefits from it so um, you got anything else to add no it just if you haven't uh liked us on facebook or followed us on instagram that helps and and the ratings and reviews that we get from you guys uh on your listening platforms that really helps as well so and of course uh if you want to go to our patreon account give us a dollar five uh it's you know go to patreon.com and uh search for gun dog yourself that helps out because a podcast actually costs money you guys wouldn't believe it so those of you that have that have given us a couple bucks we really appreciate it and we're really helping us out getting close to that gunner kennel giveaway when we hit 100 patrons so if you want to sign up and get your name in the hat now's the time to do it we're getting close and uh yeah i think you covered it uh everybody hope you enjoy good luck be safe out there and uh, we'll talk later there's always something to debate or argue in the dog world but there's this one thing that's not up for debate all hunters and dog owners know you need the right gear not just for yourself but for your dogs as well conkey's outdoors hound and hunting supply is your number one source for all things hound related conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves they've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing from hog hunting bear hunting and even gator hunting bird dog guys don't feel left out either they have whatever you need whether it's training collars tracking collars boots chaps vests coats and more no matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out conkeysoutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkeys Outdoors. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you can need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, everybody. Me and Adam here coming at you, talking about a topic that a lot of people really love to talk about and that's dove hunting especially this time of year man i for the past few years i've i've always looked forward to that first weekend in september that i was about to ask you why do you think people love dove hunting is it because of the actual dove hunt or because of what it really signifies in the tradition of that's it's the kickoff of the hunting season. Yeah, it's a warm up, right? For a lot of people, look at it as a warm up for duck season because it's so similar to duck hunting. Um, but I mean, dude, what's not to like about going out and and having a fifteen bird limit? 
you know that's pretty awesome too 15 birds so that's about what 10 boxes of shells yeah like 20 (laughs) (laughs) well i mean seriously i mean every time i go out like i'm one of those people i don't get super excited for dove hunting like it just eh, it doesn't float my boat for the most part but every time i go out i enjoy it it's fun and so i don't understand (laughs) why i don't look forward to it the only thing that floats your boat is grouse hunting (laughs) everything else you're like uh whatever not that (laughs) i i obviously get more excited about grouse hunting but it it is one of those things like i mean besides it sometimes being a thousand degrees outside when you're dove hunting but that's the beautiful thing about dove hunting you can be out there in shorts and a t-shirt you don't have to worry about camo all that much like you just go out there and and it really is just a good time especially when they're flying i mean it's just when you're unloading shells and and it's a really humbling experience. You realize how bad your shot's gotten over the year. It's uh, it's a good time. Every time I go out, it's I have a blast. I've been out three or four times this year. And Connor and I have shot probably three to four boxes of shells. And you got three to four birds. Like two, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> and yeah. we've, we've been taking really long shots and stuff uh, just because. Skybusters. Yeah. Well, I mean, the place, the field we're hunting, it's a 70-acre cornfield and just the two of us. So there's not a lot of people. Well, it's just the two of us. So we need more people to go out and help keep the birds moving around. Yeah. Um, but, man, I tell you what, a few years ago when I was shooting skeet, at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week, I could go out with two boxes, kill a limit and have shells left over. Yeah. Like sometimes get it done in almost, you know, a a box or a couple more shells in a box. And, and I'd tell people that and they're like, no, no way, man. (laughs) You shoot at least 10 shells per dove. And, And that's where I'm at right now is like way worse than that. And it's, it's so frustrating. Well, it's funny with, with shooting, so much that goes into it is really your just confidence level. If you go up there, just like, oh, I'm going to shoot this. And so, I mean, the past few months, I've just been, you know, dead eye gunslinger out in the bird, training bird field and just, you know, just confident as all get out. Like, right. bird gets up, I'm shooting it and it's going down. And then you spend a, a couple afternoons in the dove field. And then now I'm like, man, am I going to be able to hit anything this season? And now I'm going to, I guarantee you, I'm going to go out to training day Saturday and just miss everything well <laughs> shooting uh shooting those pen raised birds you know when we train it's usually a straightaway shot y- you know I, for a while i was taking my 410 out with like number eight or nine shot reloads it fixed full choke and and knocking down <laughs> chucker at 20 25 yards like no problem i mean it doesn't just fold them up yeah. but but i'm like yeah i'm gonna shoot this thing a little single shot 410 you know <laughs> And now I'm out there shooting at doves with a 12 gauge so, and messing them. Dude. So what you're really saying is the past couple months, what I've been doing is not impressive at all in the training fields. I see, I see, I see where you're going with that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm glad you're <laughs> there's That's enough response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whatever. Uh, but no, yeah, it's good, man. A lot of people have a hard time shooting anything that's moving. But I'm just bringing up the point that like shooting those pen raised birds Completely over pointing dog is it's totally different mm-hmm. than shooting a dove. I mean, you have the the bird can present itself from any angle. Yeah, and I shot one yesterday, a dove. It came in and was like 
almost to this power line. Don't worry, people. I didn't <laughs> shoot the power line. But, like, I knocked a significant amount of feathers off this thing. Yeah. So I lowered my gun and was literally, like, reaching down to send Mitchell to fetch it. Yep. And the sucker flew off. So I threw my gun back up, fired two more shots. It flew off, man. I swear, you do, you do it long enough, anybody will tell you they've seen doves where you shoot and you see them just do a backflip in midair and go the opposite direction. Like, yeah. they, man, they're impressive. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the time to talk dove hunting because it's the kickoff of hunting season. A lot of people are already out in the woods depending on where they're, they live. But uh, dove season is where it's at down here, and we thought it'd be fun just kind of talk about dove hunting because we haven't really talked much about dove hunting at all yeah and uh you know if you're you're expecting some really hot how-to dove hunting tips you came to the wrong place because <laughs> yeah because uh, i've fired about 100 <laughs> shells and killed two yeah but in my defense connor's probably shot you know 75 of those i mean if a dove comes by he's emptying his gun yeah it's bang, bang, bang. So <laughs> it, it is a good way to get kids involved. Yeah. Uh, yesterday evening, we went out and I set up Connor across the field from me and Anna Claire went and sat with me. Uh, you know, she's my 10 year old daughter and she had a great time. Like she really wasn't excited about going. I was like, Hey, you're, you're going dove hunting. You know, your mom's yeah. got this other thing going on. You can't go with her. And and you're going, she said, do I have to? I said, yeah, you have to. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like I had to drag her to the truck, yeah. but we got out there and she was just giddy the whole time. She asked if she could bring her her pink BB gun. <laughs> and she brought that thing and was shooting at stuff and you know trying to sneak up on birds that were on the power line. And she had a great time. But as soon as we got set up, we heard Connor shoot, bang, bang, bang. Nope. She goes, "You think he got one?" I said, "No." Anna Claire, if you hear three shots in <laughs> rapid succession, that's a definite no. <laughs> that well, means he missed. Well, I mean. Yeah, it, it's a great way to to introduce people to to hunting in general, and I mean, there's there there's a lot to enjoy about dove hunting. Uh, but you know, just like it's a warm up season for us, it's a warm up season for our dogs as well. And so there there are obvious benefits to uh, taking your dog dove hunting. Uh, so I mean, w we thought it'd be a good time to just talk about those and really how it translates into into your overall goals and and other hunting objectives yeah um the biggest thing is is steadiness uh you know and steadiness on a bird that's pointed and gets up and flies and the dog's steady through wing shot and fall that's a different type of steadiness you know i don't know if one's easier than the other but uh talk about a dog being versatile one that can run through a field, search for birds, point them, be steady, retrieve them. And with the same dog, you can go out, have it sit next to you in the lawn chair, be quiet, patient. I mean, the the first time we went out this year, I stood up, shot at a dove, you know, went from like just kind of soaking it all in, like this is cool, you know, yep. I'm enjoying sitting out here with my dog. I don't really care if I shoot anything or not. And then bird flies by and i'm like oh you know all i care about is the <laughs> shooting the bird so i stood up shot didn't even think about the dog mm. missed and then was like oh wow my dog didn't even move i mean he was laying down and he perked up but he didn't didn't get up didn't, didn't take a step and just laid there man yeah it was great and i mean obviously there there are some similarities to that and duck hunting and yep you know <laughs> 
steadiness in, in the duck blind, steadiness in the dove field, like you just said, steadiness in the in the the upland field, it, it's a little different. But just for for waterfowl and dove, they're really similar. And, and, and you kind of hear a lot of people say, "Well, you don't need it." Well, yeah, I mean, you don't need it technically to have a successful hunt, but it really goes a long way in having an enjoyable and also arguably, I don't know how arguably it is, but a safe hunt as well. Yeah, and I can see the argument in, uh, you know, if a dog sees a bird fall and it just breaks on its own, Mm -hmm. I can see how that's fine. You know, I wouldn't, personally, I want the dog to be steady until they're released, until I send it. But if if the dog sees a bird fall and then it goes, that's all right. But if the dog goes on a shot, like, what happens when you miss? Like, for me, that's 75 times that I'd be calling my – well, like 100 times that I'd be calling my dog back for a missed bird. (laughs) Well, not just from the frustration point of just having to call your dog back constantly, but you just mentioned a couple things already just – you have it's a great way to introduce youth into the into hunting so a lot of dove fields have young inexperienced shooters yep brand new hunters it doesn't even have to be kids that's true that are unfamiliar or or at least not well versed in gun safety and being being aware of their surroundings situational awareness and oh dude you want to see lack of situational awareness check out my daughter with a bb gun like, <laughs> i was thinking muzzle awareness oh, baby let's my go gosh man like we're walking back to the truck and she was trying hard but she was just so excited yeah and i'm like hey your uh your gun's pointed at my face you yeah. know and it and it's not even just her age i mean we've all seen people oh, yeah. go out there full-on adults you know maybe they're late and they're just getting intro- introduced to hunting they get super excited when birds start flying and and, yep. the, and the rounds start going and and like you said connor as soon as y'all walked out there let three rip right boop, off boop, the boop. bat and so <laughs> yeah. you're dealing with those those type of situations to where there's a lot of shooting going on oh yeah if the dove are flying there's a lot of shooting and so an unsteady dog obviously opens you up to possibly more unsafe conditions or or interactions than what a steady dog would do for sure man yeah for that i mean in that case someone that's like yeah i don't care about my dog being steady i think what they really mean is i don't want to put the effort in to make my dog steady that's what i hear (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's great man and i i talked about this on episode last week in the intro with joe you know one went over into the into the standing corn and it was the the, so you want to talk about the benefits of having a dog i sent my dog and he came back with a bird now if it was a marked retrieve it's like yeah okay so you're talking a blind retrieve but then to make it even sweeter for me there was no way that i could my dog's not on signals or anything you know i can't blow a whistle and tell him to go right or left yeah but even if I could, he's in standing corn, dude. It's eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. How's he going to see me? So Jump. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> On the whistle blast, you hey, jump eight feet. <laughs> hey, give me the signal again. <laughs> so <laughs> It's more like a blinker then than a signal. <laughs> so, the man, the benefit of the steadiness and the versatility and, you know, all the things that we talk about that we yep. train for, it was awesome to have all that. I mean, yes, I'm the guy right now that's killed two doves this season, mm-hmm. and I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, and and the steadiness, it, it may not be as big a deal in the dove field, but we've seen it in the duck blind where, you know, run a dog may not scare off or flare some dove in the dove field if they're flying real well and you got enough action and shooting to keep them flying. But in the duck blind, an unsteady dog can flare a lot of birds oh, and yeah. it's just missed opportunities for hunting. And so it can directly affect the birds in the bag by yep. the end of the hunt. Uh, but besides steadiness, you know, there, there are other benefits to just getting out there as a warm up session to the hunting season. So besides steadiness, what, what else is there? Uh, just getting the dog used to all of the gunshots, you know, so never reach a point with your dog when you're introducing it to the gun where you, you finally shoot a bird over the dog, you know, in very close proximity to the dog and go, okay, he's been introduced to the gun. Yeah. Yeah, he has, but is he okay with, you know, ideally for a 70 acre cornfield, I'd like to have five more people out there, Mm -hmm. you know, just to keep the birds moving. So is the dog okay with shots from a distance? Shots over here at another location. Shots right over top of you with no send. Shots a little closer. So it's a it's a whole new level of, you know, the gun uh, intro to the gun. I yeah. mean, so it helps with that. I think I think for it kind of primes them. If you're a serious duck hunter, it's like a time to polish up all those things. You know, when you've got ducks coming into the decoys you probably have a better chance of going, yeah, I don't care that the dog didn't do what he was supposed to do. I'm shooting these ducks. But like if it's doves, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as the prize isn't as much. So if your dog's breaking, you can use it as a chance to, to, to get them right before duck season. And don't worry. We're not belittling doves as a species. We appreciate doves. No, they but they taste fantastic. Generally but speaking, though, it's a different got, type of hunting. Yeah. I mean, from the hunting I've done, if you know, I'm just, I'm just talking to the people. They're like, they don't respect the dove. Oh no, dude, I <laughs> I love them, but yeah. uh, it's a different style of hunting. But it, driving it to dove hunt, I will see fifty doves. You know, <laughs> driving to duck hunt, yeah. I don't always see that. When I go dove hunting, you're going to see a lot of birds, yeah. and that's not always the case with duck hunting, unless you're in a pit blind in Louisiana. Yeah. But and so another possible benefit is a lot of the time in dove fields you have more than one dog you know duck blinds you can still have more than one dog in duck blinds but you may not have a handful of dogs yeah in the duck blind uh so i i didn't go to an actual like dove shoot obviously i've been, right. i've been busy working my bone butt off in at the new place and it just i'll be working and i start seeing dove fly around in the, in the field and so I, okay let's let's go try and shoot a few dove and, and i tell you man the, the first time i just i grabbed my shotgun and the and the girls looked at me like oh man he's got a shotgun then i put my vest on there like, oh my god he's got yep. his vest on what are we doing yep. <laughs> and so we just walked out and you know they did fine they healed and they stayed right by my side they did good but with both dogs out there, that first dove that flew over and I shot, both of them broke. And it it honestly kind of shocked me a little bit. I didn't put an e-collar on either one of them. I'm like, they're good. They're, they're solid. Yeah. And, you know, been here, done that. But both of them broke. And I'm like, what the mess is this? Like, yep. y'all know better than this. Yep. 
So I get them back over to my side again. They, they go back at heel, their stand, another dove comes, I shoot, and they both break immediately. Mm. And I'm like, what the mess is this? And so I'm like, well, all right. Well, I know not to do this without either A and E collar or I just need to split them up because it's just, you know, yeah. it's tough when your dove are shooting all over the place. I'm only the only one in the field, but you're worrying about your dogs and where they're running yep. off to and all that stuff. So or both split them up and put an E collar on one. That, of them. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Lucy, she's been kind of out of commission for the past week. We had to take her to the vet. She's on medicine. And yeah. Blah, blah, so blah. what's up with that, man? Uh, so we moved into the new place. I've been roading them a lot more in the, uh, in the fields and we went roading in that same afternoon. Isn't that fielding if you're in a field? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> if you want to get technical I'm about just kidding, it. Man. Uh, and so we came back and that same afternoon is when we went dove hunting. But after we got dove, got done dove hunting, we went inside and she just had this real bad hack. She was just coughing and. And then she, it wouldn't stop. And then it just got worse. And then she started hacking up like this white foam stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not good. So I, I hit up Wit and told him what was going on. And and he said, keep an eye on it, if especially if it starts changing colors, bring, you know, emergency vet. He was like, but I'll, by the sound of it, and I shot him some pictures. And he said, you know, bring her in the morning and stuff like that. And obviously the main concern at this time of year is grass seeds. And that's. Well, yeah. did, did a grass seed get stuck in her throat or something and uh, took her in. He couldn't find anything, but she still had the hack. So, you know, he put her on uh, uh, some dose of a steroid and and uh, antihistamine and stuff like that, and it's getting knocked out. But just with that, I'm letting her heal. So I've only had Rachel for this past week. And so the few times I've gone dove hunting, it's been with her. And so you just take her out by herself man it's exactly what you expect yeah. it's just you shoot you steady to release everything so one dog is completely different than having two dogs that oh, yeah. both want to get to that bird both are amped up they're feeding off of each other competitive it, yeah and you know i guarantee if i took lucy out by herself it'd be the same exact thing but just having multiple dogs in the field can completely change how your dog acts and whether they know better or not, you you know, it's like you said, it's just something else to work your dog with. Yeah. Just new experiences, new exposures. Yeah. And it's, it's nice because you, like you said, you don't have to put camouflage on there. There's not a bunch of setup. No. I mean, I parked the truck, you know, 200 yards away, walk over and sit down in a chair and I'm. I'm set up, ready to go. I've literally been cleaning out the barn, and if I notice a dove start flying, I just grab my shotgun and walk out there. What, yeah. Whatever I'm wearing, I'm not taking decoys. Like, it's just, okay, where's the dog? Where's the shotgun? Yeah. Let's go. And, you know, I shoot one and send the dog and get it. And, yeah, it's it's just fun and good, yep. good practice. And so uh, my buddy, an, another Adam, apparently mm -hmm. I'm only friends with Adams. Uh, <laughs> he came up from Memphis. He – uh He's got a lab. He's got a little squirrel feist too, but uh, he doesn't. He didn't have the feist in the dove field. He just had the lab. Well, thank God. <laughs> and uh, it really wouldn't be a big deal though. No, it wouldn't. I mean, I mean, she was running around or whatever, but she wasn't like in the dove field. She was all yeah. looking for squirrels or something. Nice. But uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting to where just just the different styles. You know, labs are 
she's she's a waterfowl hunter, but she hadn't really done much dove hunting. And sure. so like, you know, he's he's trying to treat her like she's in a blind and she just wasn't wanting to cooperate. And so like we're sitting there, the dove stop stopped flying and I look up across the street on the power lines. There's ten to fifteen doves sitting on the power lines. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go walk them up. And so I lower yep put my shotgun on the ground, take the vest off. And I just give Rachel a woe and I start walking off and she doesn't move. But that lab, she's just <laughs> pounding around the field and he's like, come here, sit, crap, get, come here. <laughs> and so I go w- walk, they get off the power lines, fly around a little bit. He gets a few shots and I come back and Rachel hasn't moved even while he's, he's shooting. But you know, the lab is just bouncing around <laughs> and yep. it's just like, you know, I looked at it as great opportunity. One dog's just kind of free running, having a good old time, and Rachel's still listening to me. So maybe it just she's as competitive with Lucy. I don't know. Yeah, probably so because they're around each other all the yeah. time. Uh, what's hilarious about that is if you were to ask me, all right, you got a lab and a German short hair in the field, mm-hmm. which one's going to be acting crazy? <laughs> I would pick the German short hair every time because of what they're bred for like sure they're they're both versatile dogs you know you can upland hunt with a lab i mean they're very popular that's the one that i have i mean i've seen her kick up woodcock for us right i mean she does it it's just she exposure she's not done yeah and then a a short hair is bred for you know running running and pointing and and is not known for just waiting patiently uh so Man, that that kind of gets into the difference in the, you know, training versus genetics. Yeah. You know, because genetically those dogs are wired very differently. But I guarantee. So you know, Rachel has a, a lot of training in the field. She's had that under her belt. She knows what woe is in the field. Right. But I've done very little duck hunting, so it's kind of like the exact opposite of what he's done with his lab. So if I go in a duck blind, she's used to that. She's used to getting in place and duck hunting with him, whether it's a boat, blind, whatever. She's used to that. Rachel is not. And at six or seven years old, there would be a bit of a learning curve with her in a cold duck blind as well. It's just about building. (laughs) Yeah, just be building it up. So, you know, you kind of swap that around and his dog would be just set exactly how you want it. That's pretty interesting where I'm I'm comparing – the breeds you're comparing the environments and that's that's the real difference probably it's not a necessarily a breed specific thing but Mm -hmm. because you're right man you you put both those dogs in a duck blind and you know which one's going to outperform the other and any of our dogs are going to be like in our laps running around smelling everything (laughs) you know eating people's snacks nosing through people's bags you know standing up on the edge of the blind i mean they're just going to be until they get used to it but yeah, that lab that's out there duck hunting every day. I mean, I've hunted with a bunch of labs that you got to the blind and they just, they know where their spot is. They go lay down and mm-hmm. go to sleep till they hear gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, back to the dove field, dove field, it really is. I think the, the most beneficial aspect of dove hunting is it, it really does get, you know, there's some people that may be a little too lax or call it lazy during the off season with their dogs. Yeah. The dove season is really the first opportunity to get the dog off the couch, get you off the couch and start getting them into hunting shape. If they aren't already, ideally that's what you want. 
but it's really that first opportunity to be, hey, it's go time again. It's hot outside. You're going to be retrieving all day. I wouldn't recommend it. Everybody, let your dog just chill on a couch all all uh, off season and then yeah. go out dove hunting. But that it can happens. actually be dangerous. It can be. Just take it. Really can be out of shape dog out there. But it, it even for in shape dogs like that. I yeah. mean, you know, we we run our dogs year round. Yeah. But it's still hunting is hunting. It's completely different than training. And so yep. you know, you go sit in a dove field for four or five six hours sometimes in the dead heat that's different than getting them out for 30 40 minute training sessions for sure man 100 percent um so you haven't taught either your dogs to sit right uh ish i I don't really apply it anywhere besides the food bowl okay uh and then really rachel's the only one that i do sit at the food bowl now i i have lucy woeing at the food bowl just because I noticed her woe was getting kind of, yeah, kind of a little too shady for yeah. my uh, tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, so it's <laughs> you know, I, I I've started picking up the past I don't know four or five months that I transitioned into this to where food bowls, uh, doors, exterior doors, like you're gonna sure. woe before I let you out, and yep. uh, it, it it's kind of cleaned that up. But she was sitting, but beyond the food bowl, I I don't really require sit anywhere. So in between your uh, barn clean-out sessions when you go dove hunting mm-hmm. for you know a few hours or a few minutes or whatever you feel like, are you putting your dogs, like, how are you having them, are they sitting, laying down, are you putting them on a woe and they're waiting forever on a woe till you shoot? Well, out in the dove field? or Yeah, 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 so out in the dove field. I just have them at heel. Okay. So I, I heal them, and when I say heel, that means you, you're going to stay by my side. I got you. And I, I'm not I'm not stringent on whether they're standing, sitting, laying sure. down because eventually Rachel won't. She's just stubborn like that. The short hair she she's gonna be standing the entire time. <laughs> but Lucy, you know, after after five ten minutes, she's just gonna look at me and be like, "I'm sitting like screw this." <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't care as long as you're by sure. my side and she knows that you know when I say heel, you're you're at my side. Yeah. Well, when we duck hunted last year with Lucy, I mean it was just crazy impressive man how she she just like waited patiently and i remember thinking like i don't know if i'm gonna get my dog to that point or not you know she was just awesome out there duck hunting um i never taught mitchell to sit i've done a little bit with it just to demonstrate to someone like how easy it is to teach a dog to sit yeah you know entice him with some food get him to sit down click reward but i i mean i've done that a couple times like you can look at him and say, sit, and he's not going to sit. He doesn't yeah. know the command. But I've taught him to lay down. Well, okay, in all fairness, Jackie taught the dog <laughs> to lay down. <laughs> once we got through uh, steadiness and everything, um, you know, once we got to a certain point with steadiness, we're like, okay, it'd be nice to have a command just to to have the dog in the garage and, you know, have him lay down. So I've been doing that while out dove hunting, just sit in my chair, tell him to lay down. Yeah, and that's the position I've been leaving him in. So, I know we've talked before about like, you know, do you teach your pointing dog to sit? Why do you need to teach a dog to sit? I still don't think that you should 
for me, right? I know we're getting a little off the dove hunting thing. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you're going to open up this can of wor- worms yeah. on the dove episode? Why not, dude? Uh, <laughs> it relates. I'll bring it back. Don't worry. Um, I still think that, you know, it's just err on the side of caution and, like, don't teach your pointing dog to sit. But there are plenty of people out there that teach their pointing dogs to sit and have no issues with yeah. it. I think it boils down to when you teach it and how you teach it. So the sitting down thing, I still don't see it as a requirement. <laughs> uh, but the the command to lie down is you, dude, it's you super need beneficial. something in the dove field. Yes. Whether it's a place command, a woe, uh sit, a lay down, and yeah, I mean we we've touched on the on the sitting deal. I mean Oh yeah. If you want to teach your dog to sit, I say go for it. But it's if you do it too early and and really ultimately my opinion on that, just because you can't have this conversation without getting everybody's opinion on it, right? That's I can't right. just let Let's it slide. It. Is when people make that their initial reaction command. Yeah. To everything that the dog does is sit. Yeah. It's it's not a punishment. You know, when Scruffy's over there jumping on somebody, no, sit. When Scruffy's in the trash, no, sit. Everything that you tell the dog to do is sit. So when you are training your dog on something else, whether it's steadiness in the field or anything, and you're trying to do a correction, their natural reaction is going to be to sit because that's what you've trained it to do. Every time it's getting corrected for something, you've told the dog to sit. Yeah. And yeah. So, and when you make it the first command that you teach the dog, yeah, I think that happens a lot when people buy a pointing dog. You know, they grew up with... I'll use myself for an example. I grew up with a lab. What do you teach to do? Sit. It's the easiest command yeah. to teach a dog to do. So then what do I do when I get my first short hair? Oh, let me teach him to sit. You know, yep. I'm eager to train my dog. What do I know how to do? Make him sit. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> and it can become problematic when that's become the default, like you're saying. Yeah. But so, to, to bring it back to dove hunting, the, the reason I brought it up is, you know, I haven't taught my dog to sit. But I wasn't out there like, man, I really wish I taught him to sit. Well, you had something to, I had to something. give him. And, and yeah. just, just like me, I I haven't even dove hunted long enough to need a chair for myself. I mean, like I said, I've been working. And if I just, the temptation gets too much, I see him bombing all over the place. I'm going to go out there and have some fun for, yeah. for half hour, maybe an hour. And, and I'm perfectly fine just standing. So I just have the dogs that heal. But let's kind of continue down the rabbit hole. You just went on what you shouldn't do quote unquote with your dog. Yeah. Maybe there's a situation where somebody maybe shouldn't bring their dog to the dove field, man. And the dove field is, I think it's one of the worst places or it's the most likely place to find a dog that has had zero training. It's just, I mean, I've seen it before where it's like, yep, I brought my dog out. Oh, cool. What have, have you introduced him to gunfire? Nah, he's all right, man. I mean, he's a, he's a lab. You know? He's a hunt dog. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yep. Does he retrieve? Yeah, retrieves balls in the backyard all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a this is a much different scenario. Yeah. And, and then it's because dove hunting is so relaxed, and that's what I love about it is like pull up, throw your lawn chair out, start shooting birds that's on it's great uh there's just not a lot of prep that needs to go into it 
it's just, it's so relaxed, man. It's fun. And then that translates to like, well, I'm bringing a lawn chair. I mean, heck, I might as well bring the dog. I mean, <laughs> you <laughs> yep. know, it's uh, like, it hasn't been trained to do anything. Oh, so yeah. what are some of the things that can just go wrong with bringing the untrained dog out there? Well, I mean, as far as examples that can go wrong, I mean, they're, they're endless, just like any hunting scenario, <laughs> yeah. but but I'm I'm talking about more in terms. So we've actually the past few weeks, obviously because dove season is coming up. Yeah. At the time, I've ha- I've had a few listeners or or just friends hit me up. Hey, should I take my dog hunting? I'm like, well, that depends. Yeah. Like you're just getting it. What's it been trained to do? What's your overall goals? Let's start here. Has it been introduced to gunfire? You're right. And so you know, I, I've advised a number of different people the kind of the same way. Is it exposed to gunfire if it's a young dog? Yes. Okay. Has it been exposed to multiple gunfires? Just like you said, talked right. about earlier. No. Well, you know, that, that may be a consideration. And then, uh, you know, somebody I'm in the middle of force fetch. Should I take my dog dove hunting? Well, I personally would not. That's mm-hmm. just me. I'm going to tell you not to take your hunting dog hunting. You know, you got your dog to enjoy it and have fun. You want to go have fun with your dog. Right. But only you can kind of answer that question. in the middle of force fetch, yeah, I don't want to discourage anyone from taking their dog hunting, but you have to figure out what your priorities are. Yeah. If you're in the middle of force fetch, should I take my dog hunting? I have to answer your question with a question. What are you going to do when you shoot a bird? (laughs) Are you going to command your dog to fetch? Yeah. And if you have, you know, if you're on like step three of force fetch or I don't, that's a random number. If you're on like hold and carry, yeah, and now you're asking your dog to retrieve a freshly killed bird from a distance and standing corn. <laughs> yeah, in, potentially in standing corn. But even if it's just a really easy marked retrieve, like, yeah, then what are you gonna do well, when see, the dog doesn't retrieve it? Yeah, I didn't even go that route. I went with it. Why did you start force fetch? Yeah, and you know, there's and there's always that hesitation. What What do you mean? Did you? Start force fetch with the intention of having a dove hunter with you, or did you start force fetch to have the finished, you know, set section of an upland hunt where you need that retrieve or mm-hmm. water fowl? Like, what's more important to you? If you got the dog to dove hunt, and it's that important to you that you take the dog dove hunting, then take it. But most people, like I was kind of talking about at the start of this, you know. Do people love dove hunting because it's actually dove hunting or do they love it because of what it signifies of things to come? Yeah. You don't meet too many folks that are like, yeah, that's my number one dove dog right there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's that's my duck dog. Yes. You know, that's my upland dog or whatever. That, that dog will retrieve a woodcock in the middle of any swamp or whatever, whatever. And so again, line it up with your goals. If you're in the middle of force fetch, I'm not going to tell you not to take your dog out. I mean, who am I to tell you that? Sure. Just does it line up with your overall goals? Yeah. There's always going to be a next dove season. Yep. If you get to grouse season or pheasant hunting season or duck season and you haven't finished force fetch or maybe something happened in the dove field that sets you back on force fetch like you were kind of getting at, are you going to be upset? Are you going to be kicking yourself all because you just want to take your dog dove hunting a few times? Yes. Only you can answer <laughs> Only you can answer that question, right? And the reason I'm like, yes, I just want to answer for everyone. Yes, you're going to be upset. Don't do it. It's <laughs> because... 
people that are doing force fetch again i'm speaking in general terms but if someone's doing force fetch i think it kind of tells you what their goals are Mm -hmm. like you're getting at why are you doing force fetch probably because you're doing you know you've got a goal in mind yeah and and it might not even be for the actual retrieving process it might just be for the sake of teaching your dog how to turn pressure off like that's one of the huge benefits of force fetch is teaching the dog how to respond to pressure yeah you know so if it's gonna mess up that program i don't know man it's it's not worth it to me yeah you know wait till the next season and then you have a dog that i know no matter what when i tell this dog to fetch it's going to do it because yeah. i've gone through a long formalized process to teach it to retrieve and now while i'm out there hunting and we talk about it all the time with training when you go out you know stick to your objectives don't be a, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to adapt your plan stick to your objectives but have some focus to your training right like yeah. what are you going out there to work on well the same thing's got to apply to when you're going out to hunt so if you're in the middle of force fetch does that mean your dog's steady too probably not and now you're going to be you're going to be hacking at your dog all day. Sit, lay down, stay, stop moving. Yep. Fetch. Come on, dude, pick up the bird. You know, it's, you might end up more frustrated. Yeah. You might be better off to leave the dog at home. It's that purpose driven training life, man. <laughs> That's right. Now, it, and that was a better way to approach it. You know, the way you kind of answered the question was like, you know, you, you started with why, right? And I'm a big fan of that. Like, why are you doing it? What's yeah. your goals? Like, that's a great way to answer it, man. And, and I mean, it, I've told all of them, and I say all of them. I mean, I've probably had seven or eight people asking, but I've told all of them. You know, you you get these dogs to have fun with, to hunt with. You want you you want your buddy with you, but just keep the bigger goals in mind. That's yeah. that's the important stuff. And and it's hard. I know when somebody's like, "Hey, man, I'm going dove hunting tomorrow. You want to come join me?" yeah can you bring your dog yeah yeah i can bring my dog you know nobody wants to say well i'm not quite ready for that but at the end of the day by skipping out on this early dove season you might have them ready for the seasons that you really care about and also maybe you are that that dove hunter crazy guy like that's that's your thing that's what you love to do is dove hunting if it's not ready just holding off this one season it could be ready even more next season Mm -hmm. and and you can don't sacrifice your dog's training right now to get one extra season when maybe skipping that extra season affords you 10 plus years of more enjoyable and effective hunting that's that i think is the hardest thing for people to do and it's not just dove hunting it's it's all hunting it's you know we we train to hunt but you also need to hunt to train keep your training goals in mind while you hunt don't let them just completely fall away just because the opportunity is there yeah and a lot of people don't uh dove hunt later on you know most states have a september season maybe a couple days in october november even december you don't see a lot of people out dove hunting after like the first week of september you know even two weeks into september and then that's about it man yeah people kind of hang it up because just like you're saying it's the 
it's the introduction to the season. Once you get into October, <laughs> you want to go grouse hunting? Nah, man, I'm going dove hunting. <laughs> yeah, we're chasing other stuff. I mean, bow season opens up. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a couple different duck seasons here that'll start coming in, and there's just other things to hunt, and mm-hmm. and I think doves end up taking a back seat. But you know, go out for the opening day or, or early in the season like this, and if your dog's not ready for it. Leave them at home, and then a couple weeks from now, when there's not a lot of people out hunting, the environment yeah. changes. There there's go. not there's not ten trucks driving by that have yeah. their kids and their dog. Maybe and, instead of fifty people in the field, you have the five people in the field. Yeah, or it's yeah. just you and your dog. Yeah, and now your goal is like, I'm not going out to try to shoot my limit on opening day. I'm going out to introduce my dog to something, and it's not. It's not a, a carnival, man, because yeah. like the opening day of dove season in a lot of places, uh, dude, you're talking <laughs> tens of people in the field, trucks everywhere, kids running around, someone's oh. going to roast a pig. Like, <laughs> I mean, the public ground that I've gone to the past couple years, the the draw, I mean, there's 100 blind spots, and yeah. once they get filled, people are turned away. And I mean, you have 100 people in the field. And it just got to be a big field and you know, not everybody has dogs, but there's plenty of dogs out there. Kids, it's a big commotion, everything. So, but I got to ask you, man, with, with dove hunting. Okay. You are not allowed to give me a dove popper recipe. I want to know how to cook dove, what, what you like about dove, but you can't tell me slap some cream cheese on it and wrap it up in bacon because we all know that poppers are delicious. Fair enough. Cheddar cheese wrapped in bacon. <laughs> no jalapeno? Of course. You got to put a pepper in there. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's That's delicious. That's the standard recipe. All right. Dude, you can wrap a dog turd in <laughs> jalapeno cream cheese yeah. and bacon. No, so. I got you, man. Uh, something I tried last year is I did some doves whole, and it's a little bit of work to clean a dove hole and when you but they if, pluck so easy oh man. yeah and they if, really do and if, they're so small it takes two seconds i mean i've gone out like dove hunting you know me and three guys and killed four limits of dove so yeah. when you've got 60 birds i don't want to clean 60 no. whole birds i'm breasting them out you but, don't want to pluck them yeah and and the other day you know we got two birds and i was like this is a good opportunity for the kids to work on their their bird breasting skills like yep. hey you guys breast those out but uh yeah i did some hole last year plucked them made sure to leave the skin on um i like to really pay attention you know at the joints and like actually bend and cut those joints so you get so you don't just cut it off with like game shears and have a jagged bone yeah you know i really try to take my time and make the bird look nice and uh i just rolled it like in some cajun seasoning and then deep fried it for, Ooh. yeah, I don't know how long I deep fried it. I never set a timer <laughs> when I'm cooking. I'm just like, you know, give it the old push on it or, yeah, you know. Southern fried it. dove, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they're good, man. Uh, you know, you can still cut into the into the breast. And if you got to have your cream cheese, like whatever, dip it in some cream cheese, I, I mean, guess. But Everybody loves that. But, I mean, there's more ways to cook it. I but mean, it's nice to, like, just kind of pick the whole bird. Yeah. You know, it's enjoyable. And so, yeah, I mean, the other night, I mean, this is real simple. I just shot one the other night. And, you know, I, yeah, it's a small bird. But, I mean, honestly, one dove, that that's not going to do anything yeah. for 
me especially, but anybody. And so uh, I'm just, we're, we're about to go eat honestly. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to freeze just one dove to do this later. So I, I literally, I just breasted it out real quick, rubbed it down in some olive oil, salt and pepper, cast iron pot, got it piping hot, just threw it in there with a little bit of butter. Yep. Just, I did not cook it past medium rare. Like Sushi just, status, right? Oh, man. It's yep. just enough to get a sear on the outside. Perfect. And it was delicious. Yep. Like something that simple. Yep. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. The the bacon jalapeno cream cheese oh, poppers, great. it's great. It, yeah. There's a reason why it exists. But, yeah. And, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but you, no, you can I mean, do other stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean... I'm still gonna do the the poppers every once in a while, but I say with I say duck breast too, I like I'll saving poppers the poppers for the uh, diving ducks. That's what I like Ooh. doing. Man, those, diving ducks! I figured out uh, I'll cut the breast into like four pieces, so it's kind of chicken nugget size. Yeah, and roll them in some uh, flour, and uh, well, Jackie will put it in like buttermilk and something else, and let them soak overnight. Like yeah. season them, put them in buttermilk, let them soak. And then roll them in the flour and egg wash and flour again and fry them that way. Dude, I don't care what's on the inside of that mixture. It's going to taste good, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you got to have mashed potatoes and then make some gravy. That's good. Yep. There's a reason why we gain weight after hunting season, and it's not the not just the <sighs> yeah. holidays. Dude, uh, another thing I've, I've done with a dove before, and this is by no means a, a dove recipe, but uh, I was grinding up a deer that I shot one time. It might have been like last season or maybe two seasons ago. And uh, Connor, we were up to hunting camp, and Connor went out to shoot some doves. I think it was, must have been October, like bow season. So I'm like, yeah, go go shoot some doves if you want to. And he came back with one, and he cleaned it. He just breasted it out, and he goes, what are we going to do with this one dove? I was like, just throw it in the grinder with the deer meat, dude. <laughs> just grind it right in. <laughs> wow. So it's not like it's adding a whole lot of volume to your uh, – to your grind pile, but yeah. at least the bird didn't go to waste, you know? Uh, well, good deal. You got anything else to add to this golden dove learning exhibit? Just the, uh, that they've cut the corn. They finished cutting the corn yesterday where I've been dove hunting. So, mm-hmm. so it's getting better. We went out last night and <laughs> got a few more shots at doves. Didn't yeah. kill that many, but you got to get out there with me, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get out there and shoot. I know you're focused on your place, but take a day off and come shoot doves uh, man i'll try to but you know the old ball and chain kind of got me that to-do list to do before uh hunt season yeah you know, and it, the doves it, taste better when they're shot on your own property right yeah that too but yeah no that that to-do list is piling up if i hope to get it in the grouse woods at all this season yeah yeah but uh yeah guys it's just you know nothing too serious this week just want to talk about dove season and just remember what it's all about it 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 signifies the rest of the hunting season it's it's that opening bell and hope you guys enjoy it hope everybody has a great hunting season y'all be safe remember what it's all about get the kids out there enjoy your time with your dogs thank you for listening to gdiy If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. 
Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.